0: All right. Good morning, afternoon, whatever the heck you're listening to this from. It is the 22nd of October, Friday, and I just found out about Dash Pass, which is a pretty cool system, I think, because like everyone's big complaint with DoorDash recently has been like, all right, we bought $15 worth of food and got hit with $30 worth of fees. Why would we ever do this? And how Dash Pass works is you pay $9.99 a month and you skip the fees as long as it's over like $12, and their big claim to fame is like. That it it quote pays for itself in two orders something like that. So I was like, ah, oh, it's a pretty creative way to get around it. I don't know if Uber's doing anything like that for Uber Eats, but I guess the benefit to them is that they're solidifying income, like they're they're guaranteeing they're going to get payment, and in you know in exchange for having lower fees. But I don't know. I don't really use DoorDash. I'm old fashioned. I guess I go out and get my own food. But cool system.
1: Yeah, moving towards a subscription based model. Uh, don't hate it. I like it. The fees are a little ridiculous. It's probably what deters me from using DoorDash the most, but it is convenient on those rainy days when you don't want to leave the house.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would think just like having a pizza show up at your door is not anything new than we've had from the seventies, but it is what it is. All right. So we got a bunch to cover. We're going to do a little bit of traditional finance and investment, which is ironically something we don't do a ton. We got tech, real estate, real estate's going to be short, crypto, uh, and then nothing med-wise. All right. Let's dive into finance. We're gonna bounce a bounce around just a tiny bit because there's nothing massive, but a couple awesome tidbits. So the first one there's a Swiss uh, investment bank called Partners Group, which is a terrible name. I, it's so boring, but that's not the point. So they banned the, the CEO banned the word "deal" in the office, and "deal" is kind of like a buzz hype word, especially in in my industry, the real estate industry, and anywhere in the business world. Deal is like a it just kind of like reminds you like the sharky dudes hanging over the phones, like ready to go, ready to make the next deal, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly why he banned using the word deal. And so <laughs> they find you a thousand dollars if they hear you saying it. And I guess it's been kind of an issue recently because they literally have, um, deal flow meetings once a week. So, and I was, I was kind of laughing about it, but I, it's a cool, it's a cool move towards changing the stigma behind acquisition firms. You know, they're not just about churning and burning and, Getting getting in and getting out. That's kind of about you know add some value and bring the company up. And I don't know. I'm I'm for it. I'm I'm not for, I'm not for banning words because I think it's stupid. Words are words, but this is a cool little culture change.
1: Yeah, I, I like it.
2: I, I personally think it's not going to change anything. It's just going to like they're just going to use some different word or a synonym, whatever else, to fill its place, and it's just going to be the same. The culture is not going to be any different than it was before.
0: Right. They're just calling them investments or acquisitions now. But they had a good quote, too. It was like they call us sharks and wolves and something. And it was something else in German was, like, really mean. But it's a fair point. So cultural change starts with words, I think. I don't know. I'm in support of it.
1: Yeah, they're trying to get rid of that, you know, like we were saying, the sleazy stigma as well. And just being in sales myself, I know nowadays a lot of it's selling on value. And you kind of want to position yourself as a business partner and make it seem as though, you know, you're going to be there long after... The deal is done. So,
0: of course, no churning or burning. All right. I thought that was fun. What do you got, Matt? You wanted to say something. I know you did. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm good. All right. We'll bounce to the next one. Another quick one PayPal is looking to buy Pinterest, which I thought was interesting. Pinterest is an interesting company, Matt. I know you personally use Pinterest. I've been on it before, but I never really got into it. It's kind of like where you go on, it's social media esque, I guess. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you go on uh list all your interests, you know, Pinterest and then you build your wall and see things that people do that relate to your interests, I guess. That's the best way I can explain it.
2: Right, yeah, I mean it's a great place to go and like find inspiration. Like if you want to find how you want to decorate your house or if you want to find a lot of times recipes for like food and all that type of stuff. They post really great high-quality images of what you could make in either scenario. I mean, obviously, whatever you make is not going to turn out anything like it, but it's a great way to just kind of find new ideas and that type thing. And it's basically like Instagram, but more towards sorority girls that are decorating their dorm. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, all it does is pretty much just make me look at it and be like, wow, I'm not creative in any way. So I I thought this was an interesting kind of play by PayPal. They released a big old statement where they're like, look, we're trying to go into the future. We're ready to go. We, we understand that companies like Venmo are basically making us obsolete. And so by buying up, you know, fun new companies like Pinterest, it's not new, but you get what I'm saying, fun, futuristic companies that focus on social aspects, they're trying to avoid that obsolescence, but becoming more of like an all-encompassing platform as opposed to just a payment system. I think it's a cool idea.
1: Yeah, PayPal, PayPal's got to adapt or die at this point. They're on the brink of becoming a blockbuster, or I guess eBay isn't dead. It's still around, but I don't know about you guys, when I think of eBay, I think of Like old school first generation internet, yeah, original online auction house, and I just see it kind of slowly being phased out. You think like MySpace, PayPal is.
0: I agree. Well, they were the first. They were the first in their space. Like if Venmo had come out at the same time, PayPal did, it wouldn't make any sense because people didn't all have smartphones at that point. You had a computer, and it was nice that you could transfer money on a computer in a quick way without having to get like a bank note or something like that.
1: Yeah, made it convenient. And I mean, I have used it before as well. It's it's really nice whenever you're buying something from a super small company that may be overseas. Um, I know for anyone out there who doesn't know me, uh, john knows this i am a huge nerd and i like buying things like stormtrooper helmets or Mandalorian helmets if i'm not making them i'm buying them and i did buy a you get them from full China. Functional iron man helmet from russia oh, yeah. and i, I paid for it with paypal which was a nice secure way to do it and make sure i wasn't gonna you know have my whole identity stolen
0: to be fair it is pretty cool <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of awesome so oh, I
1: love my nerd stuff. As soon as I get my office set up, I'll have it all over the walls. It'll be great.
0: Me too. All right. So apparently, WeWork went. Like, you probably remember WeWork. It was a massive scandalous company a few years ago. Apparently, they went public today, yesterday from when this is recorded, but and it like did really well.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, they were valued like super, super high, and then they tanked, and that was the whole scandal with it. Well, the, I don't understand how they're still around.
0: The scandal is because the CEO was bringing a whole bunch of drugs and hookers on private jets. Like it was, it was just a mess of a company and a culture. Holy crap! And they had, they basically built the whole thing on lies. And so, I they went public. But all right, that's not the point. The point. Of, my question was: First off, do you guys know what WeWork does?
1: No, I was going to ask no. you if you could elaborate on on WeWork and kind of their realm.
0: Okay, so this is going to because we're recording this in 2021. It's going to make sense they what they do basically is they purchase office buildings and divide them into like communal workspaces where you can rent a very small piece of the office for your st- your startup or something like that just to have a workplace for your little company so instead of you know wells fargo goes in and owns a ginormous you know sixty thousand square foot building and all this stuff giant office they can instead just have a little office that anyone can come use at any time that kind of makes sense in today's work environment but my question was If WeWork had launched this year, you know, post-pandemic, no one wants to go back to the office except for in three days a week, maybe something like that, would it have been successful even with all the scandals?
1: I don't know. That's a tricky question.
0: Yeah, one piece of bad news can bring it down.
1: It might have, it might be successful in this day and age because companies are, if I mean, if they're looking to cut back on office space, you don't want to spend all this money for a huge office building, but you still want a place where you can send maybe one or two of your teams of eight people for three days a week um, every other month just to do team building. Um, this would be a great space.
0: Right. In addition, there's a whole bunch of companies buying up tons of real estate right now. We talk about Blackstone. I'm, I'm sick of talking about Blackstone, but this is one of them. They have to acquire the buildings from somewhere and then they have to lease them out. Are they technically a real estate company? I don't really know. It's tough to say.
2: Mm, I, 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 uh, yeah, They're a rental landlord, essentially. Basically. They're short-term, temporary rentals.
0: Yeah. So they kind of are a real estate firm. I don't know. I was trying to figure them out because I was like, well, they're not, but they are. They're a finance company at the same time. I don't know. It's the whole communal workplace thing is strange to me. Do an office or do virtual. Figure it out. But that's what yeah. I got for that one
2: it's airbnb for office spaces
0: exactly that is a great way of putting it and i wish i'd come up with it but okay fourth and final traditional finance tidbit and then we're gonna move on to some deeper darker stuff so this is fun i swear we're doing this every week and it kind of makes me happy two more of the past fed federal reserve i don't know if it's the president's but they're on the board like they were pretty high up they got caught for insider trading and i'm i'm both sick and happy to hear all this stuff is because it seems like every single week there's another one's like, yeah, we just uh, we finally got proof that all these people up in the Federal Reserve or the government or anyone who had inside information was trading on it. I'm sick of seeing it, but at the same time, I'm glad they're all getting caught, bunch of scumbags. Makes me very upset. <sighs> all right, so Jerome Powell came out and I personally like Jerome Powell, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go into that because that verges on political, but They implemented a bunch of new rules, such as, you know, the federal, they, the people have to wait like 45 days before trading, all this stuff. These rules kind of already existed. They just got around them with other circumventions. Either way, good quote from him. Not a good quote, bullshit quote, but he said, These tough new rules raise the bar high in order to assure the public we serve that all of our senior officials maintain a single minded focus on the public mission of the Federal Reserve. That's a really fluffy way of saying, We're sorry.
1: It's classic. Yep. They always always do it. You know, it's the old saying. What is it? Act first, apologize later, or or no, better to ask forgiveness than to ask for permission. Yep. Yep. It all that's how they all act. It's according a bummer. To that yep. mantra. But I was going to say, I almost wonder how many open investigations there are right now that we're just waiting until the thing get sufficient proof to just slam them with insider trading. <laughs> like, how many of these are open?
0: I don't know, but I can guarantee they'll be front page news. I mean, people eat this stuff up. Like, I I love it. So and if I love it and I'm determined to not love everything, I can't imagine that they won't be front page news. But OK, we can hop off that. We've killed enough time on traditional finance. Matt, you got an awesome one next. We're going to dive into tech. So you go for it.
2: All right, so Ford has come up with the first, from what I understand, and only electric crate engine. What is a crate engine? Potentially here, we have the ability where you can literally tear out the old engine of your car and swap in this electric crate engine, which will rely on the existing vehicle systems for putting the power to the wheels, and now you have an electric car.
0: So you're saying I could go get me a 1964 Corvette, throw an electric engine in there, and it's going to be just as powerful as a Tesla?
2: Yes and no, but hopefully. (laughs) Dang it. I I was hoping
0: for a simple answer. I understand
2: there's going to be some limitations because obviously we're trying to cram all of the batteries and the technology that would be in a Tesla into a small little crate engine. But then again, you got to understand every single piece of a normal engine that goes into the whole combustion portion of it and exhaust, all those extra parts, they're going to be torn out. And so you have so much extra room. The cars are a whole lot bigger than they were in 1965. So if they have different tiers of these with different ranges or power output, it could get really interesting with what you could do.
0: Yeah, bigger, smaller batteries. Have you seen the like bottom side of a Tesla?
2: It's just like one big flat plate of batteries, right?
0: Yeah, it's totally flat. It looks like the like the bottom of a Matchbox car. Like There's nothing there. So that's not at all what the bottom of a normal car looks like. There's a bunch of stuff going on underneath there. So yeah, I mean... It's you're trying to fit like a square block into a circle hole, but it kind of works.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because also with tearing out all the uh, combustion engine parts, especially like the exhaust system and that type of thing, we're going to have a major front end weight on these cars. There's not going to be anywhere as much weight in the rear or balanced as much. So it'll be interesting to see what people do once they get their hands on these and even if it's just fun for, like, if you're an enthusiast to take it to the weekend track and, like, just race it for other people.
0: I don't know if it'll necessarily have to be front-heavy. I mean, we used to put engines in the front, of course, but I think you could still find a way to finagle it into the bottom, like the battery. But or, does it have to go in the front, do you know?
2: There's not much out about it yet. It's basically just... Like, they let people know that this is what we're making and it's going to be available. They're just
0: teasing. They're totally teasing. Someone pitched me an interesting question today I want to run by you. They said, so, you know how the new Ford F-150 Lightning is not necessarily very expensive for what it is. Like, I think the base model is like 38, something like that. And then the top of the line is like 52. For, For like a truck that can pull a boat and a half, that is not very much money. Like, that's a heck of a lot of truck. That can do a lot of stuff and actually goes pretty fast for not that much money. They pitched me this question. Is the release of the electric F-150 going to force the prices of the normal F-150 down?
2: I mean, I hope so. If you've got a car, or a truck in this case, that can compete with the top of the line, like almost an F-250 even...
0: No, way more. They can tow way more.
2: (laughs) So, if you're doing way more than the next tier up, I don't understand why you would buy the next tier up or even the tier that it's based off of because you can get it for less money for the electric that does more
0: it's ford they but, they but like you're... making their own they like making themselves obsolete so so joey can you look this up real quick i'm curious how what can i what can a Ford f-250 uh platinum toe if you could find that that would make me very happy because i so i looked this back a lot like a long time ago i looked this up to prove a point and i did it in a really stupid way because i was younger and dumber uh, so basically what I wanted to prove was that electric engines can they have so much torque that even the smaller electric engines can pull way more than like the diesel engines So the way I proved this is I found that the BMW i8 which is not a good electric car at all It's a hybrid it can pull it has the same amount of torque that a base model f-250 of the time had it's the same amount so technically if you know if you don't look into that they massive weight difference they could pull the same amount of stuff but that wasn't the best example. I you know, I was thinking on my feet.
1: All right, you ready for this? I'm ready. So the V8 can pull 15,800 pounds. All right,
0: my guess was 15 the, flat.
1: The V8 turbo diesel yep. can pull 22,800 pounds.
0: It's pretty darn good. The electric trucks yep. coming out are pulling 35,000.
1: So Yeah, so in that case, I would imagine it would have to drive the price down because why would I pay 80,000 for that when i can pay like you said i don't know what's the top end electric version of the f-150 running 50000
0: you you're gonna have to help me and look it up i think it's like 54 at the most i want to say so
1: yeah.
0: i've been in a couple f-250s they're like houses on wheels they're insanely comfortable and giant and gorgeous and i adore them they're beautiful trucks but you got something a little bit smaller that's way better for everyone and can pull more it's a better product <laughs> i'm on your side it why would you pay more <laughs> unless you just yep. really love the thing
1: <laughs> you were about that on fifty two thousand nine hundred seventy four dollars is the top of the line so
0: dang i mean before fees and taxes but still wow yep. that's that's for man for a truck that can do that that's awesome i'm so impressed good for you ford so even though really, you yep
2: this is really good because it takes like we have the most staunch supporters of combustion engines which we're both the sports car guys and the truck guys yep and they put the Tesla Model S out there, and they've been teasing the Roadster forever, and that hooked the sports car guys. Yep. And now they're kicking out this truck that can do just as much and more than the guy with his big old lifted F250, and they're going to take them too, and it's greatly incentivizing with a lower price even to go out and buy this electric truck and switch over, which is awesome. Now we just got to fix the problem of where we're getting that power from being renewable energy instead of coal and natural gas.
0: Right. Agreed. I think it's really smart marketing tactic to basically pitch your truck as a work truck that can do more and still looks the same. It's genius. I don't know if we said this on on camera or film or film, whatever, on recording. Uh we've talked about this where I said, where the heck is the Tesla Roadster? I'm sick of four door electric cars. They're boring. And I wanted to say that we did say it on recording. You were like, "You're just we're just waiting on Elon to uh, to basically we're waiting for the competition to come out so that he can just be like, oh, and one up it immediately after." Remember that?
1: Right. Yep. Last episode we said it was his ace up his sleeve. Yep.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad we did. I'm I'm just waiting for it. It I'm getting itchy. Like I really want the Roadster. (laughs) I want it so bad. (laughs) It's so hot looking.
1: Mm -hmm. On the topic of Tesla too, I just looked up what the Cybertruck's towing capacity is because I was uh interested to see how it's stacked up against ford
0: oh i'm interested Only
1: fourteen thousand pounds
0: yeah well so it, it's so ugly it here. yeah that thing's so ugly i hate it
1: <laughs> you're not gonna be uh one of the ones in line to grab one day one
0: no it's a stupid square they poorly designed it i'm a fan of well-designed cars Ugh, yuck
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'll never understand this one.
0: No, it's made so
1: for... Something's
2: happening with it. I know they just released video of it out, and it, like people were like upset that it had mirrors, and I know we talked about that, where they're like, oh, you can just take them off, it's super simple.
0: Oh yeah, no, he, but he legally had to put mirrors on it, <laughs> so yeah. he made but them easy to thing take off.
2: What they put out, though, was that on the site, they used to be able to go in and choose your model, and it had all these different specs you could see on there. On the site, from what I understand, this was news last week, I believe. They removed all that. You don't see the specs on the Tesla site anymore for uh, what its output is and all that type of thing. And you also can't choose different models. There's one choice, and it's the top of the line.
0: Man. So I'm not
2: sure what's going on, but something's going on behind the scenes.
0: They could kill that stupid project, and I'd be so happy. It's so ugly. <laughs> I'm so against it.
1: Yeah, it confuses me. I mean, I understand what he wants to do with it. Like, he wants a truck on the market. Okay.
0: But it's just the shock for, factor.
1: Yeah, like who designed that one? It was, it's the same
0: thing with the flamethrowers—just pure shock factor.
1: Yeah, it's true. <sighs>
0: All right, mm-hmm. let's. We still got a ton to cover with Facebook. They've had a heck of a week, and Google too. Which one do you prefer?
1: Um, up to you. We got a ton on Facebook, so if we want to hit Google first and knock out Facebook,
0: let's do Google. I think it's yours. Yours or Matt's?
1: I think it's oh, Matt's. It.
0: Go for it.
2: All right. So Google plans to be net zero emissions by 2030 without relying on offsets. So what the heck does what I found that mean? <laughs> about this is, is like offsets are essentially all these big companies that say they're reducing emissions and they're uh, reducing, uh, they're going net zero and that type of thing. What they do is they buy these offsets. They go to a corporation and they essentially buy their negative out uh, carbon output. Or they, they, buy the right? yeah, they,
0: they buy the allowance, right?
2: I've heard about this before. Reduce them.
0: Yeah, they buy the allowance because everyone's allowed to pollute a certain amount. Isn't that right?
2: Right, yeah. Okay. And so you find a company that has a negative carbon output, or you uh, basically the money goes to investing in a company that's going to create technology for reducing carbon emissions.
0: Okay, in essence, that's a great idea, though, being able to, like, everyone gets the same allowance, and that we know that we can handle, and the people that are actually reducing, you could just buy from them to, that doesn't seem like a terrible idea.
1: I was going to say, but it doesn't solve it. the problem, then, No, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> then you're still putting the same amount out, you're just making up for, like, we're still having the same amount of pollutants.
0: Yeah, that uh, makes sense. All right. Well, scrap my idea. <laughs>
2: Yeah, all it does is reduce the value down to whatever the baseline we wanted to be under. It doesn't actually eliminate anything. It could essentially mean that the whole rest of the world switches to eco-friendly things, but then you've got Nike and Apple and all these other companies that are kicking out all these different fumes in foreign countries and being like, well, we bought everybody else's, so it really doesn't matter. We'd rather switch over and everybody else switch over.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. I'm kind of glad that the whole ESG thing has been talked about a lot recently. It's It's been all over any of the financial news where all the all the big finance firms are like look your esg stuff that you're trying to measure it by is rooted in really really good heart we appreciate how much you guys care and are trying to do this thing but you're so much more concerned about stupid things like it doesn't matter what the color of everyone is on the board who cares like we should be focused on how much we're putting out into the atmosphere and what we're doing all these things it's really good that we're concerned with making sure everyone's equally represented i get that but it's just become a vanity metric that no one actually cares about. They're doing it because they have to do it, not because it's making any kind of change. And it does bother me. So I, uh, I hope Google is one of the biggest companies. If they can actually get to net zero, that would be awesome. You know, that's, that's the gold standard.
2: Yeah, I think when you pick companies like that, which other companies look up to, it's a great way. Like you can't, It's really hard to lead from the bottom of the pack in oh, these yeah. situations.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
2: But we've yeah. got someone like Google who does as much as they do. If they're able to do it, then anybody can and should, and it moves forward where if they can do it, they'll put legislation in place to make sure that everybody else can jeez
0: google apple facebook microsoft netflix if all the fam go because they're not fang anymore all the fam go stack stocks or whatever it is microsoft's in there if they could all do it man i think everyone can do it uh, the but t-
1: the titans of the industry
0: seriously all the industries speaking of which all right ready for facebook
1: yeah i've been big excited about this one <laughs> news coming out about facebook here today uh, i'm excited start. about it So Facebook's planning to change the name of their company next week, uh, specifically on Tuesday evening. Now the new name is going to aim to recast Facebook's focus on becoming a metaverse company. It's going to try to move away from being known as a social media company, and it's going to try to rebrand its main app as one of many under a singular parent company. So what that means is the app on your phone called Facebook isn't going to change its name. It's it's still going to be Facebook come Wednesday morning, but The parent company that owns Facebook, which is right now still Facebook, is going to have a new name. So right now, think of the apps on your phone, Facebook, Instagram. If you have a VR headset out there, you have Oculus. Facebook owns all those apps and products. But come Wednesday morning, Facebook will not be the owner of Facebook, Instagram, Oculus. It will be a new name that owns Facebook, Instagram, Oculus. And it's exciting. I mean, we're moving towards the metaverse it's 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 thrilling a loose definition of the metaverse for those of you who haven't listened to us before when we've been on this soapbox it's a loosely defined concept right now of a virtual space where people can operate virtual and augmented reality powered avatars involving nfts and other different crypto world things and uh it's it's scary but it's exciting but it's also scary because zuckerberg is looking to become the emperor of the metaverse right now
0: I have I got two quick thoughts on this let me get back to it so the first one was all I could think of is just I could just think of like Mark Zuckerberg sitting there at night with his arms crossed in bed being like I'm so sick of getting sued if I just change my name no one's gonna sue Facebook anymore and it just kind of it makes me chuckle I'm like yeah he's definitely just tired and he's like they sue Facebook what if I call myself something different I'm no longer Facebook
1: that's genius that they keep filing lawsuits under facebook and he's like that's not my company yeah, anymore yeah not
0: my problem not my problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the second one was you can actually take bets on sports books as of to like today or yesterday you can take bets on what they're going to rename the company to i some of them were pretty good like the the ones with the lowest odds or the highest odds were really fancy and cool i don't remember whatever they were the one that was a hundred to one odds was that he's gonna rename the company Zuckers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be great. I'm gonna actually get online and take that after this.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna put five bucks on that. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, that would be so horrible Perfect. though. Imagine it as Zuckers, ugh, yuck.
1: Yeah, but then I was thinking, because I have an Oculus myself, it's not the metaverse yet, but there's different apps on there that Facebook owns that's already kind of metaverse-ish. Like there's one called VRChat and it's literally just a virtual space where you can go in there and set your avatar and just interact with other people who are on the Oculus. And if you look up a couple of guys, they have a YouTube and they're also on TikTok. Splez VR, S P L E Z VR, and then the other one's IC. I C E E VR. They're already making videos and TikToks and stuff in the in this VR chat metaverse app, and they are pretty funny. The Splez guy runs around looking like a. Mickey Mouse with a five o'clock shadow and have way too many beers to drink. <laughs> that, that's it's, funny. It's funny. It's good content. So it, it's not the metaverse, but you can see where Facebook's coming from, and you can kind of see where they're going to go with it.
0: It's just the next evolution of machinima.
1: Yep, exactly. And uh, and Facebook is that. I mean, people think the metaverse and all this stuff is fifty years out. It isn't. It's. I mean, give it five, five years out. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking before this. The Oculus Quest Two, which is a very powerful VR headset. It's only $300. People think this stuff's still too grand. its isn't. Oh, no. I mean, it's here.
0: It's pretty easy to get a hold of. I was just thinking about that. Like, five years ago, if you would have told me where we are today, I would have been like, no way. That's five years. No, that's 20 years away. But, oh, man. Te- exponential technology always blows my mind. It's awesome.
1: Yep, yeah, and it's coming... I mean, quicker and quicker every single year. That's—it's funny. I've been rewatching. Sorry, small tangent here. I know we have a lot to get through. That's fine. I've been rewatching old old seasons of Survivor. I started with the very first season ever. It was filmed in the year 2000, and it is just so funny looking back on where we were in the year 2000. I mean, the host Jeff Probst is rolling out box TVs and putting VRs in them to show the contestants their loved ones back home when they're on the island. Um, And what, the hot car you won if you won the game show was a, a Pontiac Aztec, I think? Oh, too. I sure hope yep. not.
0: Oh, yep, my that God. That
1: was the car they won the first two seasons. That was their prize. And it's funny, in the second season, you can see the disgust on one of the contestants' faces whenever the host says, this is your prize, because he's like, it's already well known that that is one of the ugliest cars out there.
0: It is, it is arguably known as the ugliest car of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you look at that era and where we came to now with, with Tesla's and the metaverse. And I mean, it's only been what 20 years, When I was four years old then and I'm 24 now. Yep. And I mean, it's crazy.
0: It's nuts. All right. Well, the only other piece of Facebook news we have, this was, this was a, like a top tier article. So if you have wall street journal routers or any of those, you've probably seen it. It's they're struggling to figure out how many users they actually have on the app. And I, I, this is a stupid issue to be talking about now. This was a problem. Te- this was a problem seven, eight years ago. The bot problem is out of control. There's so many fake accounts. People have multiple accounts. Everyone has multiple accounts. It's unbelievable. So they throw up all these numbers. Like Twitter's like, yeah, we have two billion users. Like, no, you don't. Every, you have two billion accounts. <laughs> I get, I get messages from fake accounts on Instagram, which is just technically Facebook for millennials, every single day, and I get like five of them. You got to fight through them. It's so annoying. I'm sick of it.
1: Yeah, even we have multiple accounts. I know because you have the feel-good finance account. Right, you get a you business have your account. personal account, so that's two. I have a handful of accounts. I have my personal account, then I started a fraternity account when I was in college on Twitter, so there's two. Um, I mean, a lot of people have multiple accounts. Right. That's <sighs> not even counting the bots.
0: It was just funny. I'm, it, it, man, I'm hoping that we can finally start to cut down on bots and spam and... Uh, like fake sales messages and all this stuff it's killing me absolutely killing me uh, all right that's what I have on Facebook you guys got anything else no
2: sir
0: okay it? I have a wonderful little anecdote for real estate and that's all we got all right well that's all we got for real estate we still got to get through crypto all right so I know I told you guys my apartment complex sold uh, last month in September and it sold to Blackstone who bought them as part of like a 20' like a 12 building portfolio or something like that and just because they're buying everything so I it came out in the news today. How much they bought it for? Seventy-nine million dollars was actually just my complex. Like that doesn't count the other eleven things that run the portfolio. Seventy-nine million, and we took a look back, and it last sold in 2012 for only 38.6 million. So that's nine years ago. It has essentially almost doubled in price. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> Big old cycle.
2: See, I think that would double.
0: That'd be yeah. seventy seven point two. It's a ton. Double. It's just a ton of money and capital. Like there's so much money floating around right now and they just they have to spend it on something that generates income. Like they just have to. So that's I mean that's why the price of eggs is going up, is because there's just money floating around everywhere and they have to spend it. It's unbelievable. It just blew my mind to see that big old number there. And I was like, you know, I live here. It's pretty nice. I like it a lot. It ain't worth seventy nine million dollars. <laughs> Way, maybe on the pro forma it does, but ah, uh, craziness. You guys got nothing for me on that? No, sorry, I,
1: I just got a tornado warning and I'm trying to make sure my house isn't gonna fly away here.
0: That'd be a bummer in the middle of the show. It makes for good content, though. Yeah. Make for real good content. It
1: would, <laughs> plot
2: twist, it takes out his new home.
0: Oh, that would be fine. Oh, hey, there you get your big old insurance check. That's you know the only good say, only thing really insurance don't buy out is good for.
1: Coverage on my
0: homeowners. Now they're just gonna call it. A, what I forget what the the clause is the act of God clause and be like, nah, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry, there it is again. Sorry, sorry.
0: sorry.
1: hope you recover. <laughs> All right,
0: let's tackle crypto and get on our way to the weekend.
2: righty, so I had mine up first. So I watched a little video today and it was talking about the youngest billionaires. And one of them they talked of, about was the youngest uh, billionaire under 30, which is Sam Bankman Fried, or Fried. He's a 29-year-old, and he's worth $22.5 billion. Jeez. And the way he made his money is he created the crypto exchange FTX.
0: Oh yeah, I know FTX. Interesting.
2: So the thing that's weird about him, though, is he plans to give all of his money away.
0: Okay. And I'm in.
2: He wants to invest it all in charities, but he's sitting on $22.5 billion in assets, but he's only given away $25 million so far.
0: So that's fine. I mean, if you did it all at once, it wouldn't matter. Like, it would just inflate the market and nothing would happen. I have this argument all the time with people. You, if you, you can't cure world hunger just by creating money. It doesn't work because you still have to create the labor somehow and then you have to create the food. Like, same concept.
2: Right. And it's fairly new, like voyage in, as we move into the crypto world. So I understand that. But one really interesting thing that I saw is they were kind of quoting him, and this is a paraphrase, and he said that he doesn't care about crypto at all. He's just using it to generate cash to donate.
0: That's a pretty nice thing.
2: Cool. I feel like that's a like a pretty broad group now. There's a whole lot of people, not necessarily our age, but in the older ages, that are leveraging crypto just to create cash flow. They're not here for it. They don't believe in it they don't really believe in the whole metaverse that Zuckerberg is creating but they're just there and they're like when we have the opportunity to strike and make money we're going to jump on it
0: right but Matt if enough people are playing dress up and you're not playing dress up all of a sudden you're the one playing dress up see what I'm saying
2: I guess you're right yeah if
0: (laughs) if if everyone in the room is in on the joke besides you and you're not in on the joke even though they know it even though they think it's a joke the joke is now law because everyone's in on it right I'll say
1: I I think think it's just yeah You're good, Matt. I
2: think it's just a few big players that are in like this. And like the broad majority of the people really do believe in the crypto and NFTs and that type of thing, the younger generations. But the ones who the most money to swing around are the ones that are not dressing up in this costume party.
0: (laughs) I can't speak for Joey, but I know my interest in the whole thing is the technology behind it and what it can do to actually change our systems that we live in today. I like systems, I like programs, I like things that make sense and work and logically improve lives. The blockchain has excellent applicability, like we can use it, it's fantastic, there's a bunch of stuff here that we can use to solve problems. And guess what, the crypto world being adopted is keeping these damn people accountable for their insider trading. So this is good, this is very good, we're taking a look at it. I truly don't care about Dogecoin or any of that, like, the little stuff just doesn't matter, it's not going to... Most people don't understand it at all, and they don't understand supply and demand, the most simple concept of economics. But I'll get off my soapbox now.
1: I was going to say, you know, it's a noble pursuit by Mr. Freed. I think what he's doing is great. But if I was sitting on $22.5 billion, I would probably buy myself a very nice mansion first. (laughs) Maybe a couple cars and then a yacht. And then after the yacht, I would start giving to charity. Maybe I'm a little messed up. Maybe it's just me maybe mr. Freed's more noble than I am but I would the yacht would definitely be top of the list
0: well oh, I've done the math and if I had five million dollars today I could reasonably live the rest of my life just off the returns that that made as my monthly as my like yearly income it's that easy like just just five million which I know sounds like a heck of a lot of money to a lot of people but 22.5 billion dollars Jesus Christ I mean just a fraction of that. And you could live comfortably the rest of your life. You wouldn't live luxuriously, but you would be good. You'd be middle class, ready to go. And guess what? You'd never have to work a day in your life. Every other piece of work you did would be residual income.
1: Yeah, that's an unfathomable about the money. And he's 29 years old and he has probably at least 40 more good years, 50 more years to just kind of hang out. More no. so,
0: he's got the capital to deploy. If he wants to do something, or if someone comes to him with a project, like if we literally were like, "Hey, look, we have this. We want you to fund it," he could sneeze, throw five million bucks at it, and it would be nothing. Like, boom, just gone, and it literally wouldn't even affect it. That two, that twenty-two point five would not change.
2: Yeah, yeah. he could take one point five of that twenty-two point five, donate twenty mil or twenty-one mil. And on $1.5 billion, he would never have any worries and he could buy every single yacht house he could ever want.
0: Right. But then, you know, again, inflation <laughs> It's just, uh, all right, either way, we're going to stick with the blockchain simply because I have another Freed. this is really funny. It was Jordan Freed's, the guy that started this company, um, just a theme, I guess it's called immutable holdings and they're calling himself the blockchain holding company. So I saw this because Kevin O'Leary was posting about it, and he was all happy, and he invested in it. And he's a bit of a shark himself, a bit of a deal shark. But it's always interesting because he's someone who's also willing to admit when they're wrong about something. And he was, you know, five years ago, way against all the whole DeFi world. And again, it was a baby. I would be against it too back then. I was. But he's all into it now. So this is a company is very interesting because they're basically just like a young, hot, sexy new venture capital firm specifically for cryptocurrency and defy all they do is essentially go in and manage buy purchase and you know, repaint essentially these uh these blockchain companies that have operations in that world it's a cool idea and the fun thing is it's based in puerto rico which definitely fits the whole finance for all narrative goal of you know DeFi, which is kind of just give everyone equity and make sure we're all an even playing field they are a public company but only in canada on the neo exchange which i've never heard of before have you guys ever heard of that no, no so it must be really small either way it's under the ticker hold h-o-l-d i'm gonna go see if i can get an adr for it an american depository receipt not promising but either way that's what i have i thought it was an interesting company I wanted to give a quick highlight
2: I don't think it's a far stretch from having crypto-only hedge funds coming up soon.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think it's far off at all. I mean, it'd be easy enough to start one because your competition's pretty low. If you have the capital to do it, who are you competing against? The big firms? Maybe, but probably not. They're not even really looking at it yet. Visa is, Morgan Stanley is, but they're focused on medium players, not small players.
2: So let's go make one, John. Let's do it. it.
0: Can you can you cough up a million bucks or so to throw around? Because I sure can't.
2: Let's crowdfund it. We'll put it on uh, one of them sites, GoFundMe.
0: All right. Well, we'll figure it out after the show. But I think that wraps us up for content. I know you have a quote you're excited about. And Joey, do you have one too?
1: Yeah, I got a short one because I know we're low on time.
0: All right. One of you throw them out and the other throw it out and we're good to go.
2: Go for it, Matt. All right. So my quick quote is it's from Charlie Munger, the investor It said your life would be more pleasant for the next three weeks if you went on heroin, but it would totally destroy you over the long pull, and that's what an economy does when it allows itself to be
1: seduced by the potential for an idiot boom.
0: Love it. All right, Joey.
1: Love it. Mine is from Socrates. The only thing I know is that I know nothing. and With that, I thank you.
0: Boom. All right, fantastic quotes. Great episode. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. See you Tuesday or Wednesday. Sorry, things are different now. See you Wednesday per the new usual.
2: Yep, see you then, Do you want to go